Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend, Drew. Drew, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's great to have you. Enjoyed catching up with you a little bit. Can you just uh, catch us up, our listeners up on, uh, I know it's been like two years now, on what's uh, been happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on ministry? Sure, yeah. Um, so my wife and uh, four boys, we live in the Indianapolis area, a town called Zionsville. Uh, my boys are 10, 9, seven and three and so uh, life feels full and fun these days and we've um, played a lot of basketball in the driveway taken a lot of walks um, soccer in the backyard a lot of that stuff is filling our life right now and now that it's moving to fall we've uh, had some fires in the backyard so we've really enjoyed that and been reading um, as a family in the evenings um, we're doing the gospel of john but we're also reading the wing feather saga i don't know if you've heard of that by andrew peterson i, I have i have but i haven't read that no okay so we're really enjoying that that's just something we look forward to um, in the evenings, um, we're at Zionsville Fellowship, um, at the church, and I'm a, te- I'm a teaching pastor there. Been there almost nine years. Um, this year has been really encouraging and hard in different ways in light of um, COVID and different effects of that, but it's been good. And so we've spent time, at least for me, in the sermons, in the Psalms, and uh, walking through the fruit of the Spirit because it seems like the current cultural conversation, um, one of the big issues is not uh, not just what we say, but how we say it. And, um, and and if we can, the, the Spirit would bear that fruit in our lives of love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, um, be helpful. And in Daniel right now, and just finished um, recently the audio recording for Unfolding Grace. So that was really enjoyable to me because, you know, a lot of that's reading through the Bible. And so it was actually really encouraging for me to just read out loud um, these this big, beautiful story of the Bible. Um, and so that was encouraging for me. So don't have anything immediately. Um, outside of the typical um, preaching and discipleship and relational ministry at ZF um, on the horizon ministry-wise and projects, but it's been fun to do Unfolding Grace. Well, that's awesome, brother. Awesome stuff. Uh, look forward to listening to that, too. I, I enjoy listening to Bible, so that would be a really fun one. Can you tell us a little bit about this book, Unfolding Grace, 40 Guided Readings Through the Bible, why you wrote it, how you hope it'll be received? Yeah, sure. So this is a resource that really orients us to the story of the Bible with the Bible itself. So there's a lot of really, really good and important books that tell the story of the Bible um, and its main themes and draw attention to God's grace. But this is a way of getting the sweep of the story um, with the Bible itself, but not reading through the entire Bible. It's actually a preparation for that in many ways, because it's 40 readings that were chosen from key points in the biblical narrative. Um, So these 40 readings are about three or four chapters each, and then they have introductions for each one, and so the introductions keep an eye on God's grace and themes that go through the Bible and the story itself in view. So people can use it as a 40-day reading plan if they want, um, or you can just read straight through like a novel. There's no um, chapter and verse references in it. It's meant to be um, read like a story, uh, reading through the Bible as a story, and so really the goal is for us to know the triune God of love through His plan of redemption, uh, because so so often we can lose sight of the 
big story of the Bible. it Because we're confused about the little parts and how they fit into the whole and lose some, get lost in the details. And so this helps us step back and get refreshed by that big story and have that clear in our mind. And so, you know, I hope that this can be helpful for all sorts of people. I think of new Christians. Um, very often, it, a great recommendation uh, of urgency and necessity is reading the Bible. Um, but very often, if it's your first time through the Bible and you've not been familiar with the Bible much, you're going to, you know, typically give up in Leviticus, right? Um, and so, one of the reasons we do that is not because it's a bad idea to read through the Bible as a story and from beginning to end. Like, I think we need to do that regularly. But if it's your first time through, you can give up because you don't know where it's heading. You don't know, you don't understand how it fits together yet. And so, it can be really hard. And so, this gives a sense of the whole. Also, for non-Christians, very often people, especially in our culture now, kind of being post more post-Christian, they reject the God of the Bible and reject the Bible, but they're not really rejecting the God of the Bible or the Bible in one sense because they're rejecting the God that they've thought they've understood, but they've actually not gotten right information about. They've rejected the Bible, but they haven't actually read it or know what's really in there. And this is a way for non-Christians to actually go to the source and understand from the Bible, what is the Bible all about? Who is God? What is this story? And then for older Christians and ministry leaders, pastors, people who have been Christians for a number of years and read the Bible over and over, it's an opportunity to step back and get refreshed again by the big story, because it's about, you know, 13 to 15 percent of the Bible's content here in these 40 readings that give you the sweep of the whole. So, Yeah, you said a number of things there that are really important, uh, including, you know, why not skip over Leviticus, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the reading Leviticus is hard, but if you understand what it's about, and mm-hmm. the author's, author's meant, it's much easier, right? So the goal mm-hmm. there is, is the holiness of God. You know, mm-hmm. um, what is that? Uh, chapter 11, verse 49, uh, talking God, and that relates back to the New Testament. Uh, Peter to emulate the Holy God. So even there, like as we work through those kind of things, we can see that reading Leviticus, all the codes and laws, mm-hmm. but even you fast forward to the New Testament, and we see that's really, really important to understand not only that the Bible has a unity, but also mm-hmm. that um, the author has a specific. Yeah, yeah. And so if you can understand at the front end of your Bible reading journey, where the whole story is going, how it fits together, and you've done that from the Bible itself, then when you go back to read straight through to read the other parts and read in Leviticus, you'll you'll understand at least at a starting point how it fits and why it's so important. Um, and so that, I think, would give fresh encouragement to keep going. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, can you tell us a bit about your approach to laying out Unfolding Grace and the way you did and why you did? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we chose 40 readings um, because, you know, it's a manageable group of readings to get through the sweep of the Bible. So um, each one was chosen because with these 40 readings, they really contribute to the unfolding storyline of the Bible in an important way. So these readings are going to include, of course, these first important chapters of Genesis, and actually quite a bit in Genesis, the key covenants um, with Abraham, Noah and Abraham and Moses and David, and then the promises of the prophets of the new covenant, new creation, and new redemption, and then um, from the Gospel of Mark and, and, and onward. And so these were chosen that so that if you read these 40 readings from the Bible, obviously more could be included and the, you, there's really no replacement for the whole Bible. But if you read these 40, you at least you get the sweep of the story and all the significant or most of the most significant turning points in the story. Um, and so each of the sections is about three or four chapters of the Bible in length. So about 15, 20 minutes to read, even if kind of a slow, moderate reader. And it's about the amount that you'd read if you're going through like a one-year Bible 
whole plan. Um, it's usually three to four chapters, so you can do it in 40 days, or you can read it straight through at whatever pace you want. And then we thought it was really important to make sure that every reading had an introduction and a bit of an introduction and, and brief commentary so that it fills in the gaps between the readings. It highlights God's grace and the character of God here, and then it draws attention to how the big story is unfolding here, um, how this is pointing forward, uh, points backward and forward, each reading, and how the, each each story is connecting to themes that cut across the story, so that the introductions to each reading help highlight those themes, so that as people read through the Bible, they're getting familiar with the themes of covenant and kingdom and priests, um, and these themes that, that weave through the whole Bible, um, and that they can see them in the text that they're reading here. Uh, I found that when I was, you know, first starting out reading the Bible, I, I missed those themes because there's so much to look at in various texts. And so this is a way just to keep the main themes and the main story in view. How does orienting ourselves to the overarching storyline of the Bible help us? Yeah, so you know, the, the Bible does tell one big story, and so we, we're we familiar with a lot of stories. Um, we are a culture that loves stories, movies, and so if you think of it like a movie, you wouldn't just put a DVD in, go to scene selection, and pick scene 20, and watch it, and have any understanding of what's going on, right? And so we don't just watch random scenes. The scenes only make sense in light of the whole, and so if you, if you watch the whole movie, then you can actually go back and watch those scenes and analyze them further if you want, or find your favorite scene and watch it again, um, and, and it would make sense in light of the whole movie. And so, it's the same with the Bible. There's chapters and sections and verses in the Bible that really only make the most sense, the fullest sense, in light of the whole story and how they fit in the context, not only of the book in which they're found, but the larger capital B book in which they're found, the whole canon of Scripture. And so, um, it's really important then that we recognize that that every little part uh, is, we need to know the whole in order to understand the parts, and, and vice versa. And so, you know, and like, like movies, our favorite movies movies, we'll rewatch it even though we know it's coming because there's an enjoyment to re-engage and re-engage with it and see new things and learn new depths. But that's we only want to have that enjoyment of re-watching when we have watched the whole thing through and understand the big picture. Um, you could also say it's like um, having a map with a plan and a destination. You go through swamps and deserts and plains, but you need to know where you are and where you're going in order to not just be completely lost. That's how a friend of mine put it um, recently, that you know, the Bible without the story, you just kind of have the text individually you might feel disoriented because you don't really know where things are heading or, or why things are set the way they are. And so like a movie or like a map, the overarching storyline gives us um, a sense of the bigger purpose and guidance so that we don't get lost. No, that's that's really, really good. Um, you know, it's, it's easy when you, like I mentioned about, you have to understand the author's point in each book. Each book is there. has to be now, I'll mention Revelation. Now, people take different views of Revelation, right? There's all mm-hmm. sorts of takes. But what is the offering to do? He's trying to solidify faith in the midst of suffering. And this is a hardship. So he talks about sovereignty and Christ over everything. He organizes it in such a way so as to encourage us at that time. And mm-hmm. us today to, to be encouraged by the sovereignty of God now. Right? We take a whole bunch of different views on it. And I'm not saying that. talking about that. That's just one example. I mean, to offer Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. What advice do you have for those struggling to read this? Yeah, I, you know, it'd be different advice for different people because we have different struggles um, with different parts of the Bible. But, you know, for, for someone, if, if they've struggled to read the Old Testament because they've they've jumped around to different parts, so they've been, been familiar with some of Proverbs or read parts of Genesis or read parts of Prophets, then I would encourage um, uh, you, if you're listening and that's you, to, to get a sense of the whole, to read the whole sweep of the story. Um, unfolding Grace is a really helpful starting point to do that, but then even beyond that, just reading from 
Genesis all the way through. And once you have a sense of the whole, have that in mind. And I think that even is the fuel to keep going because you, you're tying every section in with the whole and learning as you go. So reading it straight through can be really helpful. I think even just setting um, shorter goals, like shorter term goals. So rather than even thinking through, okay, I'm going to read through the whole Bible right now or this year, you can just say, okay, I'm going to read through the first five books of the Bible first, and then we'll see where we go from that. Maybe I'll jump somewhere else, but I'm going to read big sections. Because even reading big sections, as you're connecting them to the whole, that helps you understand this the sweep of the many stories and how they fit in parts of the Bible um, with the whole. And then I think also the two other things come to mind are remember that this is a God of grace speaking to us, telling a big story that points to Jesus. And it's the story that we're a part of. So knowing that as we read the Old Testament, we're reading part of the story of human history, that it's part of the story of the Bible, that it tells the story of the world. This is our history. It's human history. Um, and God is telling this and unfolding this story because he's unfolding his plan of grace to redeem us through Jesus. And actually, the more we understand of the Old Testament, the more we'll understand of Jesus and redemption. Um, you know, if you don't understand the Old Testament, I guess you could say it this way. If you understand the New Testament, but you don't understand the Old, you don't actually understand the New Testament well. Um, and then the other thing is that the more you read, the more you'll understand. There's a compounding effect here. And so your first time through Genesis, um, you may not understand quite what's going on. You'll get the details, but the next time through will be even better. And the more you've even seen the story unfold from there and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, so forth, filled in Jesus, then you go back to Genesis the next time you read it and you see, wow, this is really significant. I understand it more. I see where things are heading. I mean, Genesis 1 through 3, uh, every year becomes more and more incredible to me of how foundational and important it is. And I actually remember someone telling me that years ago, that Genesis 1 through 3 are found the foundation of the Bible, everything starts here. And then I remember thinking like, really? And I went back and read them and I was like, I mean, I already knew that, right? I mean, God created Adam and Eve. But ever since that point, year after year after year, I've actually become really convinced like, no, it actually is beautiful and full and rich and dense and deep and significant for understanding the whole Bible. Yeah, that's that's really good. Really, really good. I think another thing that, just to say to really briefly, to people struggling to read the Old Testament, recognize that these characters, these are real people who lived in real history. Right? That's, that's not a small thing to say. I know it's not an uncontroversial thing to say as well, especially when we talk about different things on Genesis. But realize that these are real people who real, lived in real history. And you know, the story of their lives is great and wonderful. You know, Hebrews 11, fast forward in the New Testament, many of those great saints are in there. They, they lived repeatedly the upper heroes of that. Um, faith by faith by faith. And yep. um, you know, they lived by faith. They, they trusted the so we can say that you, when you read the Old Testament, look at their lives, look at how they live by faith. But also notice that the Bible doesn't gloss over the failure, sin, you know, the disobedience. And that's good news for us because, you know, we disobey. And what does God do? He disciplines us. And we that in there. So you could, I'm not saying you read your, by implication, I'm not saying you read yourself in the story, right? And, but I am saying that it's a realistic it's a portrayal of God's work, real work life. So that, I think, well, that always helped whenever I talk about struggling with the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's important. What advice do you have for those who are new to reading the Bible? Um, you know, some of the things I just mentioned about struggling with the Old Testament would apply to this as well. You know, seeing it as um, a big picture, but I think um, one of the most helpful things you can do when you're starting off is getting a sense of the big story. Um, and how it, it is all about God and His grace to us through Jesus. And um, so you can start, and this is why unfolding grace is important. You can start also just 
by reading even a gospel account of Jesus, getting this the story of his life, the gospel story, and having that, um, his life, ministry, death, resurrection in view, because that's the hinge at the center of the story. And then as you then read the rest of the Bible, relating it back to that gospel account, that gospel story um, constantly um, would be really helpful so that you're you're reading the story of Jesus in light of the, light of the story of the Bible, um, and then going back and forth between those. And then I also would just give the encouragement that, um, you know, what a gift this is that God would speak to us and give us the Bible, and that he would create history in such a way that it's a beautiful, epic story that we're a part of, and that he would give us a book that tells us the meaning of it all, and that at the heart of it is his His glorious grace for sinners and sufferers like us. And so, you know, I'm reminded of something that um, this actor Stephen Fry said when he was um, talking to, to people, um, or he was kind of asked about what advice he'd give to someone who was new to reading the author P.G. Woodhouse. Um, and he, you know, he just said, you are the luckiest person alive if you're just starting off on this. You just have, he said, pure bliss, you know, ahead of you. And so I feel that way about starting off reading the Bible. I wouldn't use the word luck, I suppose, because as we read the Bible, we learn that the Lord is sovereign over it all. But you are you are one of the most blessed people alive, that you, that the Lord would give you a desire to read his word and that you're beginning that journey, a great journey ahead. Really well said. What advice do you have for those who feel like their their Bible reading isn't even them at all? Why, why should I continue reading? You know, I'm not getting Yeah, I, I felt that way many times. Um, and so I think it's really important, and it's been important for me uh, to have a couple things in mind. One is to remember the goal that, you know, there is a goal, which is to learn information, to learn about God, to learn about what what he teaches us here but the the goal even that that serves is to know him personally and so and and the goal even of reading the bible um when you're doing it is to commune with the lord we're hearing him speak to us and so we're learning about him we're, we're knowing him so it's like a conversation with someone that you love um, or a close friend and you're you're you have to learn about them and listen to them because that would be it wouldn't make any sense not to but even the point of that is because you're relating to them as a as a being that you love, a person that you love. So remembering the goal uh, is to commune with the Lord. So I've even, you know, before I read the Bible, I just say a quick prayer to engage with the Lord and, and ask Him, help help me to know that you're here and speaking and help me understand your word rightly and engage with you in this time and commune with you. I'd also say that if you feel like your Bible reading isn't helping you, to add to your um, practice, not just Bible reading, but Bible meditation. Those two things really should go together. And meditation, um, by that I don't mean, you know, fill clearing your mind, but really filling your mind with God's Word. So meditation is different than reading and study and even prayer. All of them are important, but meditation is this next step beyond reading where you really reflect on the text, you ruminate on it, and you begin to respond at a deep heart level to it. And so uh, really practically, how how I do that in in my Bible reading is I'll often uh, use that acronym ACTS, H-C-T-S, which is I was introduced to as um, an acronym for prayer, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, supplication. It's also really helpful as a meditation prompt. So when you read a section of scripture, then go back and ask the question, hey, adoration, what do I learn about God here that I should adore him for and praise him for? And then to reflect, think about it. What have I learned about the Lord? And then actually do that um, in prayer. Uh, C, confession. What have I learned about my own sinful condition here and any sins that I that have come to mind that I need to confess to the Lord in light of this? Uh, T is thanksgiving. What do I see here that I should just be grateful to the Lord for? What grace has he given me? What gifts has he given me? What is here for me just to thank him for? And then supplication. Is there anything in light of all of this that I need or that someone else needs that I can pray for? Um, and so those are really helpful to just beyond just reading, but before you even would go off on your day or to pray, um, reflect on those questions. And, and that is really the key to 
letting the Bible affect you. It's, it's letting it really enter in, not just kind of crossing past your eyes, but really letting letting it dwell in your heart and soul. Um, and then one other thought would be to view Bible reading like meals, so that some meals are going to be, you're going to think, man, this is amazing. Other times the meal might be really good, but you just don't appreciate it yet, and that's okay. Other meals, um, they were really good for you, but the flavor wasn't necessarily exciting. And so I don't remember what I had for breakfast last Tuesday or lunch last Tuesday or dinner last Tuesday. But if I didn't eat it all on Tuesday, I would have felt that difference. And if I didn't eat last week, I would have felt the difference. So like meal, um, we consume the meal and it's nourishing, um, even if on the spot we don't feel clearly like we have a a clear takeaway or, you know, man, I'm really completely transformed right now. So much of this happens cumulatively over time as we continue to meet with the Lord through through his word. And we don't notice the effect until, you know, weeks, months, and then even years down the road, we look back and just see we're a completely different person because we've been been a free of the Bible in God's presence. Oh man, that's so good. So good. You know, um, I, I, I have to say I, I've, I've had various times in my Christian life that where I've struggled with the Bible. So this mm-hmm. question is true for every person. You know, um, if, it, if you're just reading the Bible, I would say try mixing it up. I always listen to the Bible, so I listen by the morning, and that really helps. Um, that breaks it up, gives me a different perspective on things. I pick up on things that I would have missed from reading the Bible, so that, that really helps. And, you know, open the Bible, uh, read the Bible, uh, and realize that God delights over the book. You know, the Psalms really say it's a delight in the Lord. And so, you know, God delights over His Word. And he not only delights over His Word, delights over His Word given to us. And so, that, that, let that let that thought, that let that thought, and don't don't get into the whole, like, I have to read it this amount of time. You know, I tell, one thing I tell people is, I think you'll love it, Pastor, is, uh, you know, read the book that your pastor is preaching in the Bible. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and that seems to go well. You know, you don't have to, you know, I know we're, we're arguing that you need to read through it, but if you're really struggling with it, read the book that your your pastor is preaching through. Now, if you can see Drew's face right now, he's smiling right now. Totally. Um, you know, and your pastor would smile to know that you're reading through a book that he's that you guys are studying and those types of things. Um, so, you know, you read, try to read the Bible, but if if that's you listening, let's just say that you know it's it's enough just to be reading what your pastor is preaching through or whatever, and uh, so. Mm-hmm. That's good. How important is it that we have a good understanding of redemptive history as we read? Yeah, I think it's hard to overstate it because we want to keep in view that it's not even just that the Bible is one coherent story, but that this is about God and how he reveals His himself and his plan to rescue us from what we desperately need rescued from, which is um, our own uh, enslavement to sin, um, the penalty of eternal death, um, the spiritual dynamics of Satan and his influence. And so the Lord is, is revealing his plan to rescue and restore us. So to, to know that we're part of an epic story and to know that the Bible um, tells this epic story is critical for understanding any other part of the Bible because they find their meaning in light of this whole story. So if we read scriptures and don't understand that that the world God created it is a very in a very good beginning and made all things um, good and um, and then we fell into sin and everything's been broken ever since then and he's redeeming us through Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection and the pouring of the Spirit and that everything's moving toward Jesus' return to set all things right and make all things new, then we're going to miss what the Bible's even really about in the parts. And we'll we'll just find historical details we like, um, practical takeaways that we think we've found, 
uh, intellectual curiosities, details to, you know, make timelines on, but we'll miss, we'll miss the God and his plan for us. So it's significant that we understand this is a story of redemption called redemption history. It's a history of his redeeming love. And, and that gives great, great hope to us as well as we read. Uh, brother. Well, where can people uh, go to find out more about your work online, either on social media or otherwise? Sure. Um, yeah, people can uh, connect with me on Twitter um, at Drew F. Hunter. Um, and you can find Unfolding Grace, um, you know, Amazon or Crossway's website. Um, and Crossway has a number of articles I've written um, on there as well. I guess you just search my name on Crossway's website there. Awesome. awesome. Well, you know, there's a lot that we could talk about, about all of these things. Sure. And just as we wrap up, do you want to give us a takeaway, brother? Sure. Um, God really is there, and He loves us, and He has spoken to us in the Bible. And so what a privilege it is that we have it, and as English speakers that we have it in a language translated that we can understand, and that the Lord would promise to meet us in the reading of it, that we'd hear His voice uh, is a great privilege. And so in light of that, takeaways would be, uh, let's prioritize the Lord's Word um, in our lives. Let's make time, you know, like Psalm 1 says, blessed is the the one who meditates on God's word day and night. Um, it's like a tree planted by streams of water. And so God's word is essential to flourishing. It as we were really made to be as humans. So let's prioritize it. And then as we prioritize it, let's keep the big view in mind. Let's know that the Bible tells a big story. And so always read it with this big story in mind and, um, and then read it with this anticipation that we have this world of delight sitting in front of us um, and engaging with the Lord through his word as we understand our place in this big story and, and really discover our identity and purpose as characters in this story with a purpose to um, rule and subdue as stewards of his creation and on mission to make disciples. That was uh, really, really well said. Really well said. Well, Drew, I have so enjoyed the time today chatting with you, catching up with you before, and uh, thank you for all you're doing, your uh, looks there, and your writing. Yeah, thank you. Great to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.